always think, well, who will I become if I do this? If it's a shitty situation and you're in a shitty situation, go through with it because you're going to find something out about yourself that you didn't know you had before. I'm stuck in my ways. I'm stuck in the house for most of the day. I'm chasing my dreams and running away. All right. What is going on today? Welcome back to another episode of Hey Mark. I'm joined today with Cody Lachlan again, and we are going to just jump right into it. If you haven't joined this show before, thank you so much for jumping on with us. Thank you so much for listening or watching this, whether you're watching it on YouTube or listening to the podcast. But basically, what we like to talk about is different perspectives, different challenges or adversities, how we overcome them, and how they shape us into the people that we are today. So I like chatting with a lot of different people, and Cody has been on here two times before we're doing round three again today because we just like chatting together. I feel like this is a good way to spend a Saturday morning. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to or watching this at. But Cody, why don't you just quickly for someone that hasn't watched you and I talk before, tell people who you are, what you're all about and where they can find you on social media, man. So first I just want to say thank you. I feel super grateful for being on here for a third time. Uh, I don't know. Is that the most that you've had of someone before? Yeah, dude. Like three times? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Killing cool. it. Well, nice. All right. That's a good title. Um, but anyways, uh, my name's Cody. I'm a personal trainer. I have my own business, K1 Fitness. Uh, I've been personal training for nine years now. I've uh, done a lot of competitions in my time. I guess that's kind of what I'm known for is my whole fitness aspect. Um, what else? You can find me on Instagram. My uh, Instagram is Cody, K-O-D-I-E, uh, dot my last name, which is L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N. Uh, I post kind of more lifestyle things there. Um, and then I also have my business account, which is uh, Team K1 Fitness, um, if you're looking just for personal training. And yeah, I'm just happy to be on here for a third time and excited to see where this goes with Mark. So yeah, let's man. kick it off. Yeah, so we usually like... You've got a fitness background. I mean, I did one competition. I'm pretty avid in the gym as well. I love fitness, but I like the fact that, you know, both of us are kind of fitness minded, but a lot of the times we're not even talking about fitness. Like last time we were talking a lot about like social media and different perspectives around that. It, it's kind of cool that you have such a broad spectrum. I feel like guys, you know, maybe like guys like us that post a lot about fitness all over like our social media get kind of stigmatized or like kind of pigeonholed into that one topic. Yeah. But I find it really cool that you're able to talk like really diversely about tons of different topics and you have a lot of different, like really cool perspectives, man. I just wanted to start off by saying that. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's you as well. Cause like, honestly, there's so many one dimensional people out there and they kind of stick to their niche and stay kind of, kind of stuck to their story in a sense. And they're like kind of scared to break out from that. So I know that goes a lot for like, especially fitness people, like they're almost scared to show the other side of them. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm, all about fitness. All I do is work out. All I do is eat clean all the time. And it's like, they're kind of scared to show that other side of them, you know, um, cause they're just scared of being judged or who knows what it is. Um, but yeah, it's nice to talk to like, like-minded people who, you know, have a more broad spectrum to their, uh, vocabulary and their thoughts. Why do you think it is like, uh, we were going to talk about something else, but we'll get to it. Uh, why do you, but why do you think it is, um, uh, that like people are so afraid of being judged on social media, man? Mm, I think it goes back to like, um, when we're in high school, you know, like when we're in high school, you almost are unsure of yourself. So when you enter high school, 
I feel like a lot of people get grouped. So it's like, you're either the goth, you're the skater, you're the jock or whatever it is, or you're the, the girly girls or whatever it is. But it's almost like people are accustomed to getting grouped to like an idea and they kind of stick with that. And it's like, they just kind of tell themselves the same story over and over. And they're kind of scared to break out of that pattern and actually see who they are. And um, I think that just kind of follows people from high school. Cause I know a lot of people who since high school, they haven't changed. They're the same person. And it's like, Oh man, like it's almost kind of sad to see, you know, you want to see someone break out of that and change. And I've seen a lot of people kind of almost become the exact person they told themselves they would be in high school, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. I think it, I like that response. And that's something that I haven't heard yet because the last two conversations I've had, actually, we've spoken a lot about, you know, identity and why we kind of attach our identities to the hobbies that we have or the occupation that we have. Like, you know, like you said, you're a personal trainer. So a lot of the times people that are personal trainers or they're posting a lot about fitness attach their identity to that. They're like, uh, I'm, I'm just a fitness guy. And then when something like COVID hits where we have all these gym closures and it's really difficult to work out, they just feel crushed. They're like, but I'm the gym guy and I can't go to the gym. And it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of weird, man. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that happens with a lot of people, right. Other than just people who are working out, like COVID's kind of shut down, like everything, like it's just, uh, yeah, it's just a weird time to be alive, to be honest. And like, I was going to talk about this too, eventually. Um, so might as well go into now. But I want to talk about like uh, COVID and the whole like issue that we're having with pollution and masks. I don't know if you've seen it, but like outside of my gym, man, because now obviously it's uh, mandatory to wear masks. Mm -hmm. So outside my gym, you walk out the front door and on the concrete, you'll see like probably 10 masks just littered all around the sidewalk. And yeah. I'm like, so this just started what, like three days ago kind of thing. And all of a sudden we're having this problem with pollution and masks and there's masks all over the ground and people are just throwing them out they're so disposable now. Right. So it's like how long until that's going to affect our oceans and affect like everything else. Right. Because it's such an unnatural thing. Like in say, let's say 200, 300 years ago, if there was some sort of pandemic, what would have happened? Basically survival of the fittest, right. We would have just, mm. some would have died off. Some would have survived and then life goes on and the circle of life continues. But here now in this generation, we're like, okay, let's protect ourselves. Let's get masks. Let's, uh, there's all these different kind of, uh, adaptations that we have now that we're trying to like basically be humans and fix it with like the way humans are nowadays with like technology, mm -hmm. instead of just letting the natural order of the world kind of continue. I'm not saying I want people to die, but I'm like, you know, at the same time, it's like the circle of life is so, so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fragile you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you have to let it continue the way it's supposed to be. So in a sense, now all of a sudden we have all this pollution, all these masks, and how long is that going to take to affect the oceans and then affect everything else like fish and everything else that it lives in the oceans and the mammals and everything like that. So I don't know. I'm just like thinking ahead. Like I'm probably just, you know, I actually, I have a friend of mine. I'm going to plug someone's business right now. This is a good opportunity for this. And I don't know if she'll ever see this, but I, I have a friend of mine I used to work with at the gym actually. And she has recently started a company because she's choked about that as well. She started a company. Really? Yeah. With, uh, she's been selling those, uh, face shields and reusable masks and a, a lot of like, uh, like it comes basically like a little case 
that has a reusable mask and some sanitizer in it and they can attach onto your keychain or your wallet or whatever but that's oh, like okay. her entire her entire like mantra right now is to get rid of all the waste that's happening with these disposable masks because i've seen the exact same thing i was actually going to make a joke post about it when i got out of my truck today in the underground parking lot of my apartment there's like a reusable or a disposable mask just sitting on the ground and i was like should i reuse this to get rid of the pollution like i was gonna <laughs> make like a joke post about it but it's true man it's brutal like uh yeah, I don't know what to do about that. I feel like a lot of the things that we use every single day are like disposable. Everything is disposable now and it just gets thrown out or thrown on the ground. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty disgusting, man. It's sickening to see because I think that you're, I think you're onto something. Like I, I wonder what the repercussions are going to be on our environment because of this. Like I feel like obviously COVID has impacted a lot of different lives in a lot of different ways, but it's going to yeah. be interesting to see the long-term impacts of you know, all yeah. this pollution that's happening. Now I realized that while I was making this video, I completely forgot in the interview with Cody that I did not mention the name of the business that I was talking about. And that is My Social Swag. You can go and check them out on Instagram. Make sure you go and check it out. I had to add this little clip in of me mentioning that and plugging them in here. Just go and check it out. They're a local business. They're trying to get rid of all the litter and all the pollution that's happening with these disposable masks. So they're making reusable ones that come with some hand sanitizer. And I think it's a really great cause. They're really supporting the community. So go and check it out. Now let's get back to this interview. And there's obviously a lot of impacts on people's mental health as well. Suicides and depression have skyrocketed this year. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody leaving their jobs and like just getting like totally a new transformational moment of like, okay, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? What do I want with my life? And it's like this pause has actually been so beneficial in a sense because now it's actually given us time to think about everything else that's important in our lives. You know, like what is really important to us? We have all this free time now. So what do you want to do with it? Mm -hmm. Well, not just that, but it also like I think I, at least for myself, it's given me a huge perspective shift. It's been like very pivotal in the way that I think about my family. And I'm like, man, you know, like there's a lot of times where like if, if my parents were to get sick, if my parents were to get anything life threatening, then, you know, how would I, how would I feel knowing that, you know, maybe like, this is kind of a dark thought maybe, but it's brought light to my life because it's changed the way I speak to my parents and changed the way I think about my parents. But it's like, how would I feel if the last conversation I had with them was the last conversation I had with them? Mm, yeah, that's, that's powerful. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's yeah. completely shifted the way I, I, I speak with them. I try and like, there's a lot of times where, you know, obviously we come from different generations. We have different points of views. We have different perspectives. And so like, there's a lot of times where maybe, I don't know if this is just me because I'm stubborn and egotistical sometimes, but I like, I sometimes argue with my parents. Yeah. Like I sometimes argue Aren't with my parents. I'm like, man, like I don't, and I try and like prove them wrong or try and show them things with like facts that I think are facts and then they have their facts and I'm like, man, try check this out. And they're like, no, you're an idiot. Check this out. And it, it's just kind of shifted my perspective. I'm like, man, like at the end of the day, like the only way to get through something like this is with love and positivity. I feel like it sounds cliche, but I feel like that's the only way we can stay sane through this time. Seriously, man. Yeah. Like go out, lend a helping hand whenever you can. Seriously. Like, or just crack a joke. Like if you're in lineup at save on foods and you're buying something and you see everybody, they all look, everybody looks so scared and it's like you get even somewhat close to someone they just give you a bad look and it's we've talked about this before but i'm like you know 
my solution was to like almost embarrass myself or like break people out of that state you know what I mean because it's like you can feel the tension in the lineup everybody's like oh no like stay away from me no one's friendly no one's talking to each other so I would like go and do something weird like pick up a chocolate bar and just like drop it be like whoops and just be like watch people's reaction and be like oh and then someone kind of starts and smiles and it's like there you go you break them out of that state and all of a sudden it's like okay you're human again yeah it's funny <laughs> you say that I was in the gym this morning and obviously, like, it's the same at my gym that I'm going to. It's, it's everyone mask up the entire time, whether you're doing cardio, you're lifting weights. The only time you can really take your mask off is just to sip water, really. And yeah, um, I got to say, they're being really diligent about it. Like, the, we, we even had one of the gym attendants come up. My buddy had his nose hanging out during his set. And he's like, dude, pull that up. And I think really? that it's two reasons, I think. I think, A... People are really afraid of like the social repercussions of people getting choked about the, oh, you don't enforce the mask thing very strong. But I think the other side of it is I think businesses are all just paranoid of being shut down right now. I think everyone just wants to keep working, keep, you know, keep making as much money as they possibly can, especially gyms. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't think gym sales, like memberships are going through the roof right now. Oh, so I man, think dude. that they're all just afraid of closure, right? Yeah, and right now, actually, we just got, I just got an email recently. Uh, so at my studio now, so before the trainers would have to wear masks, this has been the last week. And then all of a sudden, they just made the announcement like, okay, now your clients need to wear masks as well, which is like the next step. And I guess that's it at all restaurants too now. So yesterday, mm -hmm. I went to a restaurant. And uh, they're just like, um, like, I don't have a mask. Like, can I come in? I can go grab it. She's like, mm, it's okay. But don't like, you know, like being like, she basically said, like, you can come in, but, like, we're kind of helping you out here. I'm like, well, I could go get my mask. No big problem. Like, I'm trying to help the problem, help the situation. But, um, yeah, it was just funny because it's like I'm not used to this world yet, man. It's weird. Yeah, I feel the exact same thing. For the long time, I was trying to, uh, like, I guess, adapt really slowly. And now I'm at the point where it's just like, dude, I just want people to be comfortable and happy. Like, I'm just so tired of, like this whole like polarization that this year has brought out in society with like different elections going on, all these things going on through social media, this obviously COVID and there's all yeah. these, there's all these like different polarizing topics. And I feel like everyone's got like their own set of facts at this point and, and everyone's just got to argue and try and prove everybody wrong. Like there's so many people that are like, Oh, if you wear the mask, you're an idiot, you're a fool, you're a sheep. And then if you don't wear the yeah. mask, you're ignorant and you're, you're you don't care about people you don't give a fuck about society and it's like why is everyone argue? yeah exactly like either way it's yeah. like somehow someone thinks you're an idiot and, and everyone's got to argue about it and it's like man i'm just sick of this polarization like i just want people to just be happy and like man can we just get like a middle ground somewhere yeah there's such a divide it's like everybody feels like they have to have a a strong stand on one side like it's like oh, i need to be either pro mask or anti-mask and everyone's a sheep all the conspiracists um so it's like where do you want to be but instead it's like we should all be beating in the middle like you know help help out when you can try and be less of an asshole when you can be like everything like that just meet in the middle like no one's right here you know mm -hmm. well and it's so such a brand new and it's such like a brand new thing like it's like i feel like even this, like, I feel like this is maybe a controversial thing to say, but I feel like maybe, I don't think anyone knows the answer. I don't think, I don't even think that's controversial to say. I don't think these people no, that are not. leading our countries 
Like, I don't think they have an answer yet. Like, I think this is such a new thing. They haven't experienced this before where they're just like kind of pulling at straws. They're like, let's just find a solution for God's sake. Like, Yeah. So question, if they, uh, obviously if they were going to give you the vaccination, would you take it? I don't get a regular flu shot. I don't know if I should say that, but like, I don't get a regular flu shot. I like my I, opinion. I my opinion is like, I think that if you're like maybe compromised or if you're older or if you have like some sort of reason why you might be like afraid of it. But like, I, I just, I feel like my immune system's strong. I'm 25. I live with another 25 year old guy. Like I don't live with my parents anymore. So like, I'm not really concerned yeah. about that. I can isolate well if I get sick and stay home from work if I need to. You know, like, I feel like that's kind of the best course for me. But I think that, yeah, I think that if you're, like, an older person and you're compromised and you're getting, like, flu shots every year because you think that that's best, then I'm, I'm not going to say that you shouldn't get that vaccination. I just – Yeah. I, what's, what kind of uh, – what kind of does, like – I guess it doesn't even really make me uncomfortable, but it kind of, like, cause I don't ever fly anyways, but like this whole, like you won't be able to fly or go to concerts without the vaccination yeah. is kind of weird for me because it's yeah. like, never had anything like that before. I've never had to show paperwork to fly other than my ticket and my passport. Yeah. It's just weird uh, to me. I'm, I'm with you too, though. I, I wouldn't get the vaccination. Cause like, I don't know. Do you believe in this whole microchip thing? I don't know anything about it. And honestly, I have been trying to avoid all of these things. Like I said, man, I like, I don't care about anything anymore. I just want things to be happy and normal again. I like almost, I want to go back to 2018, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how I'm that feeling. Good year. 2018 was a really good year. I'm not 2018 was sick, dude. And even the beginning of 2019 was sick. Right up yeah. until this whole thing happened. And now everyone knows all these different conspiracy theories and all these different things. I don't know anything about them. I've been trying to stay out of it. But if you want, like, let's jump into it. You can tell me about it. Uh, well, I don't. I mean, I'm trying to. It's almost the same thing. Like, I'm so big into conspiracies that I've almost like gone down the rabbit hole too deep sometimes, and I drive myself a little bit crazy. So with <laughs> this one, the microchip, I've kind of like taken a back step on it. I'm like, I don't really want to know everything about it, but whether or not I get the vaccination, I probably wouldn't because of just that talk topic of like the microchip and like the possibility that they are dehumanizing us. Bill Gates has a role in this and I don't think his role is very, uh, for the good, goodwill of the people. I think it's, uh, nihilistic and like malicious in a sense. Um, but what they're saying is basically to condition people, uh, how do you condition someone to, be okay with getting like a microchip like they say there's do they're doing gonna do the one in your hand eventually someday soon where they put instead of having a phone a wallet and all these different things you have in your pocket they're gonna put a chip in your hand and then that'll have basically everything in there your id your wallet your phone like everything you can call someone from your hand like basically turning us into robots mm. so cyborgs yeah. cyborgs <laughs> exactly and um what they're saying is they're conditioning us very slowly with this like advancement of technology into becoming used to having a lot of technology at our fingertips all the time. So like having your Google home uh, where it's like, Hey Google, you talk to them and you chat them in the morning. What's the weather like? Mm. And it's like, why wouldn't I just want that in my hand? You know what I mean? <laughs> when it's like yeah. when I'm at the house, I'm like, Hey, what's the weather? Boom. Tells you right away. Um, but you better not have an Apple phone. watch, bro. <laughs> oh my god okay 
All right, I'm getting rid of it. That's checking it. your heart rate right now, dude. You can see how fast you're pumping. <laughs> That's actually so funny. Oh, my God. But anyways, I do have an Apple Watch, so maybe I'm guilty a little bit. But what I don't have is Theory's I don't have... listening to us right now, dog. That's so funny. Yeah, whoever's... Uh, whatever agent is dedicated to my profile and yeah my phone's right here too so i i've got siri listening to me as well yeah so but what i don't have is airpod headphones because do you know that airpod headphones they're only connected to one of the air so your phone connects to one of the airpods the other airpod connects to the other airpod which is has your brain in between so what do you think's happening there basically two buds that don't connect to the phone simultaneously so you're getting that radio uh, frequency kind of like between your brain, like right in your ears, between your brain the whole time. So it's kind of freaky to think about because like, what, what is that doing to you? Do you really know what that's doing to you? That probably is not doing much good. And uh, they're making it seem like it's, they're advancing us by having all this conveniency, like, oh, we're going to have one AirPod here, one AirPod here. You don't have to connect to your phone. And then they're just like, who knows what they're actually giving you in your um uh, through your airpods like all the frequency and stuff like that but it just freaks me out a little bit because it's like it's making the microchip idea become a little bit more uh malleable in a sense so have you read the book brave new world before by aldous huxley no i haven't can you enlighten me do yourself a favor and get that book man whether it's audiobook or a novel that you buy it is uh it's like, it was, it was told to me by a good buddy of mine who uh, I chatted with recently. His name's Zach. He's, uh, he's got that podcast, Plaid, Plaid Jacket Philosopher. And he's, okay. uh, he's done a lot of work out of town, like doing like, uh, he's worked in gold and silver mines up north and he's worked in oil fields. He's an electrician by trade. So he goes okay. and does all the electrical work up there. And when he's working in like isolated environments like that, he does a ton of reading. And Brave New World is this book. It was written in the 30s, bro. And it's literally about a society where they talk about it's in the future. It's based in London. And it's a conditioned society where all of the people that live in this society are completely dehumanized. Mm. And so nobody is given birth anymore. Like nobody is like, uh, they're all born from basically like test tube babies. They have like the... Uh, they have like the isolated, uh, I don't like, uh, I'm losing, I, I'm really bad at biology, but basically like they have like the sperm and the egg separated and then they can just like yeah. isolate them and they, they connect them later on. And then that's like test tubes and they, uh, condition different parts of society. They have it literally organized into alpha, beta, gamma, and epsilons and the okay. gamma and epsilons, they do like this shock therapy when they're babies they show them like things like books and nature and then they shock them after they see them. So they're like preconditioned to go and be like the laborers and like the factory Whoa. workers and they don't want to read. They have no intentions to do that. They give them alcohol when they're babies. So they have like stunted growth and like kind of like yeah, yeah. underdeveloped brains and they just go and do like all the laboring work. And then they have like the alphas and the betas who kind of work like the higher end scale jobs. And, um, like Whoa. it's it's a crazy it's this a crazy 19, crazy book in the 1930s you said yeah yeah Whoa, okay that's freaky man and uh time travel is real it's crazy and real. <laughs> well not just that but it's like 
So every single woman in this book is on contraceptives. Like everyone has to be on contraceptives 100% of the time so that no other humans are actually born. Like they're all made out of these oh, test tubes. Yeah, yeah. And um, they've, like, they've like erased uh, like all literature. They've erased all science. They've erased all like pain. They all, have, they, they all take this drug that's basically – uh, like it's like a, a miracle heroin that like literally has no side effects whatsoever on your body. You just take it and you just feel this euphoria. It's like a painkiller. So Whoa. anytime anyone feels uncomfortable, they you can just take this drug. And mm-hmm. um, I, I won't ruin like that's kind of like the, like the first chapter, like just an introduction into it. But yeah. I, I really recommend you read it. I just finished it and it's like really crazy. There's a really cool point in the book where two characters are talking about uh, and he's like kind of asking someone else why there's no science or literature. Like some guy basically finds a Shakespearean book and he's reading Shakespeare. Like he's reading Othello and Romeo and Juliet. And he's asking, he's asking one of the higher ups, like how come people don't know about this? How come people don't know about the Bible? Like he finds a Bible as well. And he's asking him about like science and literature and religion and this higher up is basically saying to him, he's like, well, those things are only facts. If people believe them, there's no such thing as a true fact. Like what's true to people, what people believe is fact is what they're conditioned to believe. Yeah. And that quote from the book was like, Holy man. Like I've never seen anything apply so much to this year before. And it was written in the thirties, dude. Wow. Oh my God, man. That's powerful. That's like, I definitely got to read it now. So send me the, um, I already forgot the name. What was the name? Brave New World. Brave New World. Okay. okay. It's like, a, it's supposed to be like this utopia and like, yeah, like everyone's happy all the time. They never have any pain. They never have any like uncomfortable feelings. Anytime they feel anxious, they just like can take this drug. And uh, yeah, it's like, there's a couple of guys in the society that are like really uncomfortable, but they can't even figure out why they're uncomfortable because they don't know anything else. Cause they're all oh. from birth. Oh my God. So part of the book is them trying to figure out why they feel uncomfortable with these things. Cause everyone yeah. else is so dehumanized. Like one of the other aspects is like, everyone's really sexually promiscuous. Like one of the quotes that they're fed from a, like a, from childbirth basically is that like everybody belongs to everybody. There's no concept of marriage. They all live alone. Oh, and so wow. they just kind of share each other all the time. And there's one guy who's like kind of uncomfortable with it. He's like trying to date a girl basically. And she has no concept of what he's talking about. He's like, don't you want to just have a conversation? <laughs> like, don't you want to just talk? And she's like, what's the, talk about what? Like we're alone. There's only one thing to do together when we're alone. And he's like trying yeah. to develop emotions. And she's like, what are Whoa. you talking about? Crazy that's cool, man. Hmm. Crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. That sounds kind of trippy. <laughs> You read that book, bro, it's going to completely validate everything you just said. I, I read it off a recommendation from one of my good buddies, and I was like, man, this blew my mind. Just the, the part where he's talking about people only believe what they're conditioned to believe. And that was like, dude, that's yeah. 2020 in a nutshell. Because everyone yeah. seems to have their own set of facts. Like It's like, oh, but this is so true. And then you see like the exact opposite thing. And people are like, no, this is the fact. And you're like, what, how is there so many different sets of facts? 
You know what I mean? Everybody, everybody has an opinion, but no one's qualified. You know what I mean? Like everybody has an opinion in this and it's like, who's really qualified to give an opinion? Not one person. No one knows anything. Like it's all up in the air. Unless you're a scientist, you might have a slight clue of what's going on. But other than that, we have no idea. So how are you staying sane, man? How are you staying like kind of in the game? How are you feeling? How are you feeling good? Because I feel like you're still feeling positive. I've been watching your social media recently. You got a little puppy. I saw that. Yeah, man. honestly, that's been helping a lot. Like having a puppy, it kind of came at the perfect time too. Um, like obviously, it's like a such. It's a load of work, man. Like even my cousin was saying, he's like, honestly, a puppy is more work than having a baby. Like because There's a, a puppy lot of parents that might not like that. <laughs> but a puppy is like having a baby, but the baby is basically chewing at everything that you own and trying to break everything. So right. it's like a baby from hell in a sense. But you love him so much, right? So, uh, it's been really good. Puppy's been awesome. Uh, she's actually the sweetest dog. Like she has her moments where she's a little bit crazy, like the seat of Satan, but for the <laughs> most part, she's, uh, she's awesome. Like really good dog, really cuddly, really loving. Um, that's bring her in at the end. Can you bring her in at the end? Oh yeah. I'll bring her in at the end. I have, I have the door closed just so she doesn't come in here, but I figured I'll bring her at the end just to like show the camera. So um, but that's been helping. Honestly, just uh, I recently kind of reached out to a few of the uh, trainers that I know and uh, basically said, like, I want to hire another trainer to join my team for K1 Fitness. So right now it's me, uh, my girlfriend, uh, my buddy John, and then now we have a new guy, Brahim. So there's four of us now. Uh, so I'm like just trying to expand the team and I want to share my knowledge with people like that. For me, that's what makes me feel whole is teaching all the knowledge that I spent years and years building and just like sharing it with someone else and actually like helping someone grow and like become passionate with the same thing that I'm passionate about. So mentoring someone's really helped me a lot, to be honest, like it's really taken up a lot of my time, but it's, it's worthwhile, man. Like spending time with someone who's just sitting there like a sponge trying to soak it all in and like just eager, eager to learn, learn the business, learn how to do things, learn how to get clients. Um, that's been awesome. So that's been keeping me busy. Uh, what else? My gym, like, yeah, my own workouts. My workouts have been awesome. I'm actually hitting PRs, like, almost every single workout. And I'm, like, the lightest I've been in a long time, which is really weird. Because usually, obviously, as you know, the more mass you have, the more str the, the stronger you are, which is weird. It doesn't necessarily The stronger you can be. It doesn't always mean the stronger yeah. you are. But the stronger you can be. That's true. I've seen some, like, 130-pound Filipino dudes that squat more than me. But, yeah. uh, but anyways, yeah, it's, like not necessarily muscle or fat just having more mass in general more weight you can lift more it's just the rule of thumb uh but yeah that's that's been motivating for me just hit, hitting prs i love doing that you know that makes nothing feels better than having a shitload of weight under the bar and then you just put it on your back and squat it up and down like nothing's more primal such it's like a satisfying primal feeling you know um what else honestly man that's pretty much been it like just working part-time here and there with clients and uh, mentoring and then working on my puppy and just trying to stay sane basically i like that How about you? i've been doing a lot of the same stuff you know i i've been working in construction that's deemed essential so we've never you know we didn't really have any complications that way i've just been trying to learn the trade a lot more like it's it's kind of funny i i'm a carpenter by trade but I left the industry yeah. for quite a few years and then I came back really rusty and I'm still pretty rusty. And I think that it's, it's kind of difficult sometimes because 
I'm a carpenter by trade, but a lot of the things that we do aren't always carpentry. Like it's not like always like framing and building concrete forms and, and doing like the stereotypical, what a carpenter apprentice would do. Cause we do home yeah. renovations and restoration. So we're going into houses and we're ripping apart other people's work that, you know, is either damaged or just wants to be remodeled. And then we have to take what's existing and then build it to today's building code. And sometimes even oh. like one of the things that I'm working on right now is a house that was built in 1912. And oh. yeah, so like structurally, it's not even close to being what today would be. But is that even like salvageable? Like, can you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've been upgrading everything. Yeah, we've oh, upgraded okay. the foundation that the house sits on. We've upgraded everything in the house structurally, all new walls. Everything has been gutted. It's basically like a sh we we took it down to a shell of a house and then rebuilt yep. the entire inside. But the main floor, the homeowner wanted the entire thing open concept. They didn't want any rooms in their main floor except for a small bathroom. So like oh. everything is like, it's a massive open concept. They have like their kitchen and their living room. And then it's like, it's so sick to see it. Like it's going to be an old house from 1912, but the inside is going to be super modern and open concept. Like there's no walls. We had to put steel beams in all the ceilings. And like every single day I'm just challenged. And I feel like the biggest idiot because I'm like asking so many like stupid questions, but I'm learning yeah. every day. Like I feel fired up because I'm learning every day. Like I feel like I'm progressing so much. And that's such a life skill too. Just having that ability to build like, see a house be like oh i know what to do here and i can fix that i can fix that it's all like it's all life skills essentially like yeah 100 percent. yeah i feel like the main part of it though and i was talking to my roommate aiden about it uh i was talking to him about being an apprentice and like the challenges of just being an apprentice because he's he just started his plumbing apprenticeship and like just having the the ability to ask questions and just be like yo i don't know how to do this can you explain it to me like just being okay yeah. with not knowing what to do like just being okay with like feeling like an idiot sometimes like for lack of a better term and it's just like man like i feel like an idiot every day i'm like driving home sometimes i'm like man what a fucking idiot i was today and then when i get home it's like dude you're just learning like it's okay yeah. it's part of the process yeah man yeah another thing I, like obviously i've been working out this entire time as well which has been making me feel really good I yep. have really challenged myself with like different workouts. I, I've always had kind of like the bodybuilding, uh, like kind of type of workouts, been doing a lot of weightlifting, which is still something I do, but I've been doing a lot more cardio this year and I've been challenging myself. I've, I've decided that, like I was talking to you before, in, in a couple of years, I'm going to do a triathlon. So I'm starting, to, I'm, I'm starting to shape like a little bit of training for that because my goal, this is kind of like my ego in me, but I, I want to show yep. up to a triathlon more muscular than I am now and have people be like, did you show up to the wrong event? Like the gym is that way. Like this is a cardio event. Yeah. And I want to be able to compete in that and, and not just finish, but be able to be competitive in it. Oh, that's awesome, man. What's your favorite form of cardio so far? Um, I've always hated running, but I've been doing it a little bit more. I just moved into uh, a place that has like a, a track right around the corner. It's like a two minute drive. So oh, I've been cool. doing a little bit of running on the track just because it's easier on my knees. But yeah. I really like biking, man, like outdoor. 
Like, I just like biking. Not in a gym, but, like, just biking around. And it's a little bit more difficult when the weather sucks. But yeah, it's, it's fun. It's nice. It's easy on your joints. Like, you can do it every single day. And if you find a spot that has good scenery, like, dude, where you are is even a That's really important. great spot. Like, like I'm not going to yeah. talk specifically where you're located right now, but like <laughs> where, where you're at that neighborhood, that's a really sick spot, man. I really like man, that. It's awesome. I, um, yeah, I haven't gone like all the way around the lake yet, but, uh, just even going, like there's a staircase right behind my place mm-hmm. and it's like just across the street. So it's like a staircase. And you, if you look down the staircase, you can see as far, like, honestly, as far as the, eye can see like all the mountains, all the water, you can see all the city, like, new west like everything it's, it's actually so cool and then you see the lake and it's like there's actually a lake view from my uh like my kitchen window which is really cool too is a lake, so is, it, the lake. is it possible to swim in there is that where we're gonna do the cold plunge man no honestly we get duck itch like we get so sick for sure um Thank there's you. so many ducks and like signs there like do not swim so it's it's pretty scummy i feel but you would have to go up to like uh, like North Van, like Capilano area, something like that, I think. Like Ambleside? You think? Yeah. Yeah, we can do Ambleside. Ambleside Beach is good. Ambleside or maybe English Bay. That would be cold. That would be cold. Oh, yeah, dude. That's the point. I, I, told, uh, I told Aiden as well. Aiden's down to do it. He, uh, he says he's really down to do it. He's got a buddy that does cold plunges every single day, man. Wow. Yeah, I'm nervous for it. Like, even <laughs> talking about it, I was like – I don't want to do this, but that's why I want to do it. Yeah, exactly. That's what makes it fun. Um, yeah, just like getting your adrenaline going like that. Um, what was it? Last year, I did a lot. I did a lot last year, but this year, I haven't done it once. So now is the season. So I'm, I'm eager. So if you're here, let's, let's do it. I've never done. Well, I guess maybe like when I went camping this summer, I, uh, or last summer, I guess it wasn't even this summer. But when I went camping, we... Uh, we were like right at the top of, uh, I don't want to say this spot just because I don't want people to go. Yeah, yeah. Basically a lake and there's a river that runs into the lake and we couldn't find a sweet spot on the lake. So we went up on this river and just the river was uh, glacier runoff and it was freezing. Oh man. And so like every day I tried to plunge myself in there and it's a lot easier when it was in the summer because we had like 30 degree weather when we were up there. So it's a lot easier because you just step out and be warm again. Yeah, but, that's nothing. <laughs> but like, I'm down the whole to do point it. Is like, like the fall or the winter. Yeah, I'm down to you do, gotta it. do it in like the cold season. Okay. What about the polar bear swim? Have you ever done that before? You've never I've done that? Never done it, but I have a buddy. Oh. Again, like I, I've spoken to him on this podcast, John Hutchings. Do you know John? Uh, no, actually, I don't. He's super dope, man. He's a really cool guy. He's like uh, super positive, super like really inspiring. He's uh, he's been sober for years now, and one of the things that he does is he's again he's actually an ex competitor. He did a, a lot of physique shows, and now he's just completely shifted into more of like a cardio type of guy. Like he does a lot of biking, a lot of swimming, a lot of running, and one thing that he's longevity. Yeah, dude, longevity for sure. Yeah. He's like a ton of yoga, and this dude looks fit man like he's still muscular as all hell like you if you look him up on instagram he's jack and um one thing that he posts quite often is cold plunges and he does them super frequently man super frequently yeah. 
that man i'm telling you it's like the next level i'm i'm saying like it's like the, the wim hof when he talks about it he's saying like because there's no challenge in our environment anymore because everything's so easy for us everything's so warm we wake up in a comfy bed it's like if we're not being challenged by our environment we're not being challenged at all like in our core or in our um what does he call it your spirit um, your mind your body yeah, your mind, your, your body, your endocrine system, your immune system, like all that isn't being challenged. Your adrenaline, your adrenaline system. Yeah. That's part of the reason I feel like people get so freaked out about little things nowadays is because their adrenaline system's never stimulated properly. So like the littlest thing happens and it's all of a sudden the biggest shock in the world. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so true. That's you know like the I mean? only time I feel alive when my adrenaline's kicking in. Like, you know, that's, that's what makes me feel human, makes me feel alive. And that's what actually pushes me. Like, especially going for PRs or like lifting heavy, squatting heavy, deadlifting. Like that's my biggest adrenaline rush of the day for sure. Because mm -hmm. it's like, who wants to sit there and pick up that kind of weight? No one's, no one's sitting there smiling, thinking about all the great moments in their life when they're about to deadlift like 600 pounds. You know what I mean? Or how about the soreness after? Nobody wants that either, dude that's true yeah no one no one wants a soreness like the delayed onset muscle fatigue um that's not fun but uh yeah just like pushing yourself right like you got to kind of find that anger inside of you to be able to do that and like harness that adrenaline to be able to lift like a heavy weight like that because you're not sitting there thinking about oh grandma's food was so great last night or you're not right <laughs> before you deadlift 600 pounds or something you know it's like you have to dig deep find that internal kind of like anger and use your anger as motivation and use your anger intelligently yeah. and um and then yeah activate your hormonal systems like your adrenaline and stuff like that that's super important for lifting heavy and i actually it's funny i just picked up um do you know like the smelling salts have you heard of those i have yeah i saw that on your story today yeah i um i honestly don't know much about it but it's like ammonia inhalant mm -hmm. and i know that a lot of power lifters use it i'm kind of more like not natural in that sense, but like, I, I kind of like just lift with nothing. Like I don't even really use a belt. I don't use straps. I use a belt if I'm doing a, like a one rep PR, but like normally when I deadlift or squat, like I have nothing on. Um, but now I'm like just starting to kind of like dig deeper into those aspects, like knees, knee wraps, um, the ammonia inhalant. Um, what else? Ah, just like odd things. But yeah, I'm just telling you like, Yesterday, it was crazy, man. You sniff that thing, and all of a sudden, the blood rushes to your head. Your eyes start to water. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like you feel like you're almost dying in a sense. It's like lightheaded. Yeah, you get lightheaded. Yeah, lightheaded. You just feel like supercharged for like 10 seconds. So I did that, and all of a sudden, I'm like getting ready in the squat rack, and I just see like tears coming down my face. I'm like, whoa, okay, this stuff is powerful. Yeah, and my face is bloodshot. And um, anyways, I'm just saying it, it works. It works really well. Like, I can see why people use it now. Yeah, I've only ever used it like once or twice. I, I used to lift with a power lifter that would use it quite often. And I was like, man, this is like insanity. It's yeah, like, let me try this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy, man. I was just talking to a friend of mine last night. And uh, they just started, you know, training this this year. And um, they were telling me like, oh, when I first started squatting, I would, I was only like, it was only possible to just do the bar. Like they were just using the bar, the weight of the bar. So 45 yeah. pounds. And they were saying like, now I'm able to get you know, 40 pounds on each side as well. So I don't know what the math is there. 125. And I was yeah, like, right. 
I was like, that's so cool. Congratulations. And they're like, I feel like it's still not that much, but I was like, but think about like, you've literally made not just progress, like in your confidence and your, your mentality, but you've made a measurable amount of progress. Like you just told me that you went from only being able to do 45 pounds to 125 pounds. Like that's not only a, like, if you were to divide those numbers, I don't know. It sounds like it's like about a third, like a third of the weight. Yeah, it's like three, three, three times. You basically increased your strength three times if you think about it that way. And like, dude, that's like a measurable way to see progress. Like that's yeah. so cool. That's huge, man. People don't usually pat themselves on the back for like their many victories like that. Cause they're like, oh, well, the guy beside me can lift way more. It's like, dude, you just lifted three times the weight that you normally did. Like, that's pretty impressive. Like, to triple your strength in a short period of time, that's that's nothing short I couldn't of, like, do it. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, like, my, my progress is, like, 0. .0002, like, every six months. You know what I mean? Like, it's very yeah. minimal. It's, like, it's kind of like this. It's, like, it kind of just, like, starts to slowly, you know? Like it's the, the smallest kind of, like, incline, the tiniest incline possible. Um, but that's how it is, right? After you've been lifting for a couple of years, like, your gains are just not it's not as quick as someone who just first starts out nothing against them. But like, yeah, once you kind of work out for a long period of time, like you're just not going to see that sort of improvement um, in such a short period of time, but it happens. I mean, there's miracles. Yeah. It's uh, I feel like, well, there's a lot of things that you can do. Like, just like, I feel like for the longest time when I was squatting before, I felt like I had to squat low bar to be able to squat more. Like, just like, I don't know if people are listening to this and they don't really know what we're talking about. It's just kind of like shifting the, the, where the bar is positioned on your back. But like, I yeah. was always squatting high bar. And then I, I, I switched because I saw a lot of my stronger buddies squatting low bar and I, I had to start basically. You know the difference? Well, I, for me, this is kind of a weird thing because so many people were like, yeah, if you squat low bar, you can, you can get more weight on it. You can get like a, a stronger lift. You might have to like start from scratch again at like one plate aside and, yeah. and rebuild your squat form. And so I did that. I got back up to about like a three plate squat with low bar. And there was just one day where my hits felt all jacked up. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Maybe I should speak to a trainer about this again. But then I just switched back to high bar and it felt impeccable again. My neck felt better. My back felt better. My hips felt better. And now I'm, I'm getting my squat stronger again. And it's like, I feel like one little postural shift or one little like mindset shift of like, maybe I should be doing it this way. Once you find the way that like your posture, your physique, your body moves really well in, like just nail that. Yeah, seriously. Everybody's posture is different. Like, a big thing I tell people when I see them, like if I'm doing like an evaluation or an assessment, I'm like, okay, before I say anything, I want to see you walk up to the bar and go underneath like the squat rack and just set yourself up in a squat. Because then you can kind of see how their body works, right? And how they naturally want to squat and like where they want to stand, their foot position, their width, everything like that. That's super important because like if someone has narrow hips or someone has like tight adductors, you're not going to make them squat super super wide right their body's going to naturally kind of go towards what's comfy and what feels right to them and then you just kind of make your adjustments from there rather than just like oh no your stance is way too close go wider go wider go wider it's like maybe that's not how their body works right everybody's different so they say however you stand like if you just jump up in the air and just drop however you land that's how you should squat wow that's cool i haven't heard that before actually 
yeah like it was actually pretty powerful when i thought about that i'm like and i started trying it myself my squat is way stronger now than when i used to because i always thought that i squatted very narrow so i always tried to go really wide but then it was like the wider i went the more i felt on my lower back the more i felt just like uneven like shifting in my hips things like that so i kind of went back to like what feels comfortable so i'm like okay if i'm just if i just jumped in the air and landed okay that's where i'm going to squat and i started doing that again and my strength went up so fast I felt so much stronger, felt more natural, um, didn't feel any more tightness, things like that. Um, and that's really important, right? Everybody's, everybody's body is different. So work with what you have, not with, don't go against what your body's telling you because that's, that's how you get injury. Yeah, but, I think fit, with fitness, like one thing that I learned from working in a gym, like I wasn't a trainer by any means, but I did work with a lot of trainers. And one of the things that I learned is like, it's not a one size fit all. It's a one size fit one. Like there's no way to be like, Oh, everyone should be sumo deadlifting or everyone should be traditional deadlifting or everyone should be squatting narrow or wide. Like everyone's body is so different. Like cause of the habits that we have and just our actual bone structure. Like it's like, yeah. there's no, it's not like a hat where it's one size fit all, you know, like, yeah, very true. Yeah. That's, that's good advice for sure one size what'd you say one size fits one yeah one size fits one man. One, size, one size fits one i like that so there's no cookie cutters bro let's get into what we were going to talk about like the very first thing we were going to actually try and talk about oh was my gosh that was what let me An check hour. my apple watch here that was what, 40 <laughs> minutes ago we were yeah. sitting there like and then we just lost it we just totally went off topic but anyways yeah. um i asked you i said have you ever done any martial arts before have, do you have any background in martial arts at all uh, I mean, as a kid, like I did a lot of it, not really older, like here and there, I'll jump, jump in for like a BJJ class or like kickboxing or something like that. But honestly, like I haven't really stuck to much since I've been older. Uh, now that I'm older, I just go to the gym. Like that's, that's kind of my outlet now, but I do really want to get back into that. I really want to get back into kickboxing because when I was, uh, what was it like 15 to 18, 14 to 18, I kind of did like a lot of kickboxing. Uh, I thought that was really fun. Muay Thai is definitely like the most fun kind of uh, area for me. BJJ is fun too, but I think it's more practical to learn kickboxing in the sense of like real life situations. Um, yeah, because I mean, like if you're going to get into a street fight, it's better to know how to kick someone and punch someone and keep them away from you rather than just like tangle with them and roll on the ground. But I mean, probably some BJJ experts would tell me otherwise and say it's actually better to have someone close to you and just like put them in a choke and, and finish it rather than try and stay far away. Um, but yeah, not too much, to be honest, like a couple of years of karate, a couple of years of uh, kickboxing. Yeah, that's about it. So how about yourself? So I, like, I grew up like I, like hockey and rugby were my two main sports. I did a little bit of boxing just like for conditioning for those things. But uh, I like through sports and just kind of being an idiot in my regular everyday life i've suffered quite a few concussions and so like one thing that i'm afraid of now is like getting more concussions and yeah this year just like kind of pivoting the way that it has i've become addicted to just being in that feeling i was talking about earlier where i feel like i'm new to something i feel like an idiot it's very humbling for me and it's really good it kind of balances out my personality a little bit Cause I can be quite loud and kind of like, Oh, I know this and I know that. So it's really humbling and nice for me to be in a new environment with new challenges. 
I really like it. And so one of my buddies convinced me, I saw him at, I saw him at the gym and he's like, Hey, our, our gym actually has like a martial arts studio, like an MMA studio inside the gym. It's kind of like a pocket within the gym where they have like a little yeah. octagon and some mats. And he's like, dude, just come for a couple of classes, see how you like it. And uh, I was like, you know what? Like once, okay, I've already been thinking about trying something new. And then once someone kind of like, he didn't challenge me, he invited me. But for me, that was a challenge. And I was like, okay, now oh, I have, nice. like, I got to try it out. Like I got to at least try it out. And I remember the first class I walked in and I was not the biggest guy there, but I, I was one of the bigger guys there. And the instructor walked in and he, I could tell he didn't recognize me. And he's looking at me like kind of not sizing me up, but just looking at me like, who's this guy? Like I've never seen him before. And I, I just walked yeah. up to him. I'm like, Hey, look, like I have never done jujitsu before. I just want to come in and try it out. Like, I'll do whatever you guys say. Like, you want me to roll on the ground? Or you want me to do anything? Like, I'll try it out. Like, I just want to be challenged. I just wanted to try something new. And they were super inviting. And they're like, yeah, come on in, man. Try it out. Like, take your shoes off. Take your socks off kind of deal. And um, right before, like, obviously, all the group classes have been shut down now. But I, I went for about, yep. like, four weeks in a row. And then uh, I ended up getting some ink, so I had to stop doing it for a couple of weeks. But then I started again for another two, three weeks, and then all the group classes got shut down. Oh but in God. those few weeks that I, I, I just started doing it, man, it's so fun. I just, I love that feeling of a new challenge. I love that idea that, you know, it's, it's something that, one thing I like about it is there's no striking, so I'm not really worried about getting any more concussions. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I like about it is there's something about, and obviously I don't have all the solutions and answers to the puzzles in my head, but when you're kind of, you got a guy or a girl, cause there's girls in the class as well. You got a guy or a girl who's, you know, locking up your arm or your shoulder in like a weird position, or they've got their arm around your neck and your heart starts pounding and you're just trying to like breathe or get your arm loose because you don't want it ripped out of the socket. And you start to like get that adrenaline rush. And then you have like a split second in your head where you're like, okay, you can still breathe right now. You, you, your arm's not ripped out yet. Like what could you try and do right now to get yourself get into yourself a home. more advantageous position? Oh like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like where it's like, man, like you, you just like, you're, you're just like blasted with adrenaline. You're blasted with this like panic of like, I got to breathe. I got to breathe. I got to breathe. And it's like, dude, you can still breathe right now. Like you're not out of this yet. Like you're not out of the fight. Like just it's try and how the brain works like that. Right. Like yeah. you're almost like fight or flight. Like you feel like you're dying, but then in the sense, like you still have that slight second to like think, and then your brain usually actually makes it work where it's like, you kind of know your next step in that situation rather than like your brain doesn't just turn off where it's like, okay, I'm dying. Like just give up. It's like we always have that last kind of stand, that final stand. Sometimes it doesn't work, though. Like I was, <laughs> I was rolling with one Sometimes of my buddies. I was work. sparring with one of my buddies. And, and uh, he's, got, he's got me in a grip where his arms are on my neck. And I'm like, well, maybe if I like kind of try and pull my body away, like I think maybe if I can create a bit of distance, like obviously having like no distance is working for him. Maybe if I can create some distance. And I try and move my torso away. And I could just feel it tighten up the grip. And I'm like, I just, I just destroyed myself, man. That was like an <laughs> move where I'm just, yeah. 
I just like kind of panicked and I'm like, Oh, like pushing this way didn't work. Maybe if I pull this way, it's just like, Nope, no more breath. That's over. Half out. Have you, um, have you ever been like uh, knocked out? Like in the sense of like fainted, like when someone's choking you so hard or not you always tap out? Yeah, not in that class. When I first, my first class that I showed up there, I, I kind of said, I was, a, I, I said, I told my buddy, I was like, I don't care. Like I'm not, I'm, this is going to be, would tap, yeah. No, I told him, I was like, I, I, I don't care about looking like a, like, a, like a little bitch, like quote unquote, like a bitch. I was like, dude, I don't want to get knocked out. Like, I don't want to do this again. Like, I, I really, I've been knocked out a lot of times in my life and I don't like it. Man. It sucks. No. And I told yeah. him, he's like, look, bro, I'm going to give you one piece of advice before we start this class. Tap early and tap often. <laughs> That's yeah. the best thing I could tell you. That's the best advice like an experienced BJJ guy would tell you for sure. <laughs> like it's not like, worth don't, coming don't bring in. your ego in here yeah he's like it's not worth coming in in your first two weeks and yanking your shoulder out of its socket and then not being able to work out like yeah it's gonna suck and you're never gonna want to do martial arts again yeah man oh my god but yeah learning a new like um what do you even call that like uh practice mm -hmm. like bjj or like martial arts how would you do like distinguish between them is it called a practice yeah, I, I would say that. Yeah, so like learning a different practice. And there's a lot of like values you get out of it too, right? Like you learn discipline, you learn um, unity. Like, um, I don't know. It's There's a lot of cool things that, that you get out of that too, right? Like by learning a different practice. Um, and that's what Joe Rogan talks about all the time. He's like, man, like all my years of MMA, like that's what made me become the person I am today. And like the way I can talk to other men and not be like, completely all ego when i'm talking to them or the way i can like love my fellow man in a sense you know it's like you build a lot of good qualities as a person when you learn these practices um and they stay with you for life too and like i've always loved that about bjj like you'll see someone when they're rolling around one guy taps the other guy out and then all of a sudden they're like shaking hands and holding each other and hugging it's like where else do you get that right yeah it's weird like i don't know like i believe you played sports growing up i assume as much but I mean, I played team sports my whole life. Like since I was a little kid, I played hockey and rugby and there's definitely huge camaraderie that that builds. Like when you're on a team with somebody and you're like practicing together all the time, you see these people, especially if you're hanging out with them outside of your sport, it's like yeah. huge camaraderie. Like being on a rugby team in high school was one of the coolest experiences for me, especially in like our high school where the rugby team was like the biggest team. It was, it was it was sick. Like, it was like really cool. You build a massive camaraderie with this huge group of guys and yeah. Brotherhood. Yeah. You feel like you're fighting tooth and nail every single week. Like it's, it's really cool. But this, like uh, this one school that I go to is really sick. It's got really, like, I don't know if it's just this one. Cause I haven't, I don't have a lot of experience with martial arts, but I think it's really sick to see, like, like you said, like people that are competing against each other, but also like, alongside each other because they're all like technically teammates training in the same gym and mm. you're competing against each other and obviously like when you're with your buddies you, you want to be able to you know get the leg up on them you want to be competitive against them but at the end of the day it's like dude this is so sick like we're all teammates like i just feel like it's like a, it's a cool family feel man yeah yeah i always like that about it like i didn't play too much sports growing up um I like like I said as a kid but not really as as much as like uh my mid-teens upper teens lower 20s like I 
basically played basketball by myself here and there, like pick up basketball. Um, and then I got into working out and I've been working out since I was 18 years old. So, uh, actually even younger, but like, that's when I started taking it seriously. It was like right after, uh, right after high school was kind of when I'm like, okay, like let's start training properly. And then it was kind of after that moment, like I told you in the first podcast, like when I got jumped and like having that kind of fear instilled in me, I was like, okay, like I never want to feel that again. So that's when I was like, okay, I got free time done high school. Let's like really focus on this. And that's when fitness kind of became like my, my outlet. So, but before that, I wish I did more like team sports and things like that. But some of the schools I went to and going to a few private schools, I didn't really have that option. So, um, yeah, that's one thing, especially rugby. I like rugby. I've heard from everybody is like the coolest sport to play. Like that's definitely one thing I wish I would have, uh, kind of dedicated myself towards, but didn't have the option. So it's a dope sport, man. It's, it's another one of those sports where it's like kind of like a gentleman's sport. Like you can just smash the other team the entire time. And then at least like one of the things about like the rugby culture is each, each kind of like rugby club has its own clubhouse. And so like we, like you basically like on, on Saturdays, Saturday's rugby day. And, uh, you know, you'd host a team, they'd come over with their first division, their second division and their third division team. And they'd play actually at the exact opposite order of that. So like you'd have your third division team play first, your second division team would be watched by your third division team that just played. And then both of those teams would watch the first division team play. And then after all the games were done, your like club, I grew up in Richmond, so I grew up playing for Richmond Rugby Club, would host the uh, the opposing team at your clubhouse. So you we were sponsored by a little pub in Richmond, and we'd go over there, and the pub would be happy to have us because it's like you know sixty guys that would have to come in on Saturday. Tons of beer. Yeah, tons so, of beer. So we'd be drinking beer, we'd be eating food, and it's like you're just hosting them afterwards. It's like, hey, thanks for coming out and like allowing us to play against you. Like you're just smashing each other for the first like eight, like 90 minutes you see each other. And then after that, it's like, yo, that was really sick. I'm really happy that we got to play that together. That was really cool. It's like a crazy camaraderie. But yeah. um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so we talked about in the first time we chatted, we talked about how, you know, you had that experience. You got jumped. You, you felt like you kind of had that lack of confidence. You felt like you kind of – were vulnerable you were put in positions you didn't want to be in and you didn't want to feel that way again right i was gonna ask you now that obviously you're much older you have different perspectives you've been training for a long time you're ridiculously strong at this point i'm just gonna keep pumping your tires up here (laughs) like you're ridiculously strong at this point deadlift and six plates do you still ever have that kind of like a confidence issue or do you ever have that self-doubt still do you ever have that feeling like maybe like Maybe not that you're not strong enough, but, like, do you ever have that issue with confidence ever? Uh, here and there, I'm sure, like, everybody, right? Like, for the most part, I'm pretty confident in who I am and what I can offer and everything like that. And I know who I am as a person, so I can sleep at night. I'm pretty comfortable doing any situation. But, of course, I kind of here and there have these confidence issues where I'm like, hmm, like, can I handle that? Is that enough? Is that too big for me? Um, and I'm sure like every guy, every guy gets that too, right? No one's ever going to be fully confident in everything they do. But, um, yeah, man, fitness has honestly changed my life. Like without that, I wouldn't have gained that initial confidence to like kind of persevere and like do the hard things and actually put myself through pain to like 
become a stronger version of myself. So I believe struggle is like the number one character builder in the world. Like for any guy, struggle. Like if you don't struggle as a man, what are you really like? To be honest, I'm sorry. Like they talk about all these kids that are like raised like princes. You know what I mean? They're raised like princes and then they become adults and they just don't know what to do with their life. Like they have no purpose. They grew up in a rich family. They were never given any sort of obstacles in their life. And then they like flip flop around in life, like all, all the time. And it's like kind of sad to see, right? Because they never really had that struggle to like know who they are. And like, until you have those moments, you really, I believe, don't know who you are. And like struggle, what do they say? Buddhists say that um, life is suffering, right? So you have to find a purpose outside of your struggle, something strong enough within you that makes all the struggle and all like the nihilistic behaviors of life worth it. So I'm sure you can agree, right? Like your struggle has made you probably one of the more stronger versions of yourself. Absolutely, man. Like without that, where would we be, right? Yeah, like I've always like I I, I think um, my mom bought me a shirt. Shout out to my mom. I love you, mom. But my mom bought me a shirt a while back that said "Stormy Seas Create Strong Sailors," and I was like, "Dude, this is so sick! Like, this is like my new mantra. Like, I love this." That's cool. I like that a lot. Really dope. But like, yeah. what about like? I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but like sometimes, like with myself, like obviously at work in construction or even like maybe if I've dealt with injuries, a lot of the time I felt like this when I deal with an injury. Like while you're in that struggle you feel weak, you feel like you're not good enough, like maybe I won't be good enough after a big loss or a big failure in your life. Like, what would you say to someone right now that's kind of like struggling with someone or or sorry, someone that's kind of struggling with something? What would your advice be to them if they just kind of feel like maybe their struggle or their losses are defeating them? They feel like it's like, man, maybe I'm not strong enough. Maybe I am like just going to lose like this forever. Well, wherever someone is in their life, whatever they're doing, a lot of the time we lose motivation and like the fact of why am I doing this? So a lot of the time people are like, they'll get into them, sorry, they'll get themselves into a situation and they're like, why am I here? What am I getting from this? Like it's a transactional like process rather than who will I become if I do this? So anything that you're like, say you're in a shitty moment in your life, you're not having a good time, you everything's going against you you can still kind of see there's a positive in that, right? Like what, what will I become after getting on the other side of this? So if you can keep walking through, what's the saying? If you keep, if you're going through hell, just keep going. Right. Mm -hmm. So no matter where you are in life, if you're not happy, like just think about what you're going to become at the end of that. Right. Like you're going to find a version of yourself that you didn't know was there before. And that was definitely something that I learned from when I went to the whole like crabbing experience. Well, after I went through that, I was like, oh my God, like if I can go through this, like everything else is so much easier because it's, that was literally like almost hell. Like there's nothing really worse out there. And that struggle made me so strong as a person. And I'm like, honestly, so grateful that I went through that experience and just happy to see who I became on the other side of that. That's basically it. That's huge, man. I like what you said about, I don't know if I'm quoting you properly, but I like what you said about how when you go through something like that, if you can just think about, you're going to become somebody that you didn't even know existed. Like you're going to become a version of yourself that you didn't even think of before. I like that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cause everyone's always like, they'll do something like, okay, when I'm doing this, 
what am I getting from this? Like what, what, what quick um, short-term fulfillment am I going to get from this situation? Like, like it's a transactional process rather than like, okay, if I do this, what version of me is on the other side of this? It's a lot of struggle, but what am I going to get from this on the other side? So yeah, no matter what you're doing in life, like whether you're depressed or you're happy or there's always another side to it. And there's always something that you're going to cover, uncover about yourself that, um, should be kind of what people are looking for rather than just like the quick, like, okay, what, how much money am I going to get from this job? Oh, how much, uh, how many girls are going to notice me if if I do this, if I work out like this rather than seeing like, actually like, okay, so if I work out this hard and stick to a program for this long, what discipline am I going to learn about myself or what, what, uh, what thing am I going to uncover about myself? It's just, it's all about discovery, right? Like we're always learning. We're always discovering more about ourselves, what we can handle our, pain tolerance, our uh, bullshit threshold, like everything like that. So it, it's a constant learning experience. Life is. And it's like, unless you go through hell and unless you have all these moments of like downs and ups, like you're not going to notice, you're not going to know what up is unless you've had a down. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Wow. I love that. And I love that you speak. I love that you kind of spoke about as well. Like, what am I going to uncover about myself? I think one of the coolest things about failure or loss is not always just like uncovering like, Hey, I am a really dedicated person or Hey, I am really brave or I am very courageous. I think that yeah. a lot of the times it's really cool to uncover weaknesses about yourself. Like one of the really cool things that I've kind of thought about this year is I'd like to look back at social situations that really made me unhappy about myself where like, say I go out and I'm in a group environment and I just kind of, maybe I feel anxious or uncomfortable and I start to put on that mask where I'm just like, I'm going to be cool, Mark, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I yeah. look back at it and I'm like, these people thought I was an idiot. I just made a complete ass of right. myself. But this is, a, this is a, an opportunity for me to uncover something that this is, is a huge weakness, you know? And it's kind of embarrassing and it's demoralizing and it's humiliating. But it's like, man, this is something that I'm uncovering about myself now where it's like, this is something I can work on. This is something I can actually work on. Why was I anxious in that situation? Why was I uncomfortable? Like it had nothing to do with the people that were there. It's something that's yeah. going inside me, right? Like it's kind of like when you're uncovering things about yourself, it's not always like a positive or a negative thing. Like it's kind of like, it's, it's always in the middle. I feel like it's always like a gray area where it's like, it really comes down to the way that you absorb that information and then how you act on it. And not a lot of people have that kind of self-awareness too, which is really important, you know, like you're actually self-aware to the point where you can almost see yourself from like a third point, third person point of view in situations and be like, okay, like, why was I looking like that? Why was I acting like that? It's almost like you're stepping out of yourself in the present moment to see how you were acting. And like, it's almost like you can just break yourself down. Yeah. I think that it comes from having like that, like social anxiety and depression. I feel like it's always like something where I'm like, uh, I always like have like kind of had that that self-consciousness where I'm like analyzing myself after conversations. I don't know if you've dealt with this, but I, I get this like rumination almost where I, like I'm laying in bed and I'm like, oh shit, why did I say this to that person? I was just trying to be funny and I felt uncomfortable and I was trying to make them feel good and I made an ass of myself. And I just go through this crazy loophole in my head where it just repeats over and over again. And I was like, well, why do I get that? Like, why do I feel that way? And what can I actually like, how can I benefit from this? 
Like, it's just kind of ruining my sleep at night, but like, how could I actually benefit from it? Right? Like, it's like, yeah. if I'm gonna have these thoughts anyways, I might as well look for a way to get a, a positive out of it. Yeah. Well, they say, what is it? The greatest battles we face in our life are the ones that are within our own minds. It's like that constant wow. battle between the selves, you know, it's like, that's literally the hardest battle you're ever going to face is the battle with yourself. Cause like, if you're the best version of yourself and you believe it entirely, life just goes, man, it just flows. Like it's everything flows. Things come to you. Good things come. You act the way you want to act, but it's always that like inner, like kind of, um, alter egos in a sense, like fighting each other. It's like one person's like, Oh, you should go do this. And the other party was part of you was like, Oh, go do that. And then basically you're having like this internal battle that's always going on. And then you're always deciding with between the two. It's like, okay, so which one am I going to go with? Should I go and do this guy? This The angel on this shoulder is telling me, <laughs> oh, go and like do that. And then the devil on this shoulder is like, oh no, go, go rob someone. You know what I mean? Like, which one are you going to follow? And that's basically what life is, right? It's always like just a choice between the two. It's like, which decision am I going to follow? And one of them might may lead me to death and one of them may lead me to a happier, better version of myself. So you always have to try and like distinguish between the two, which one's the right. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really know where I was going with that. I was kind of getting off topic, but uh, like yeah, life is, always, life is always about choice and decision. So that can like uh, that make a lot. I like that a lot, man. It reminds me of that story. I don't know if you've ever heard that story where they say like there's two wolves living inside of all of us. And one oh of yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Can you, can you enlighten me again? I, I kind of forget about that. I can't. I can't remember like exactly how the phrase goes, but it's it's something along. Which, like, which wolf are you gonna feed? Right? It's like yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. there's two wolves inside of you, and one of them's filled with basically like positivity and like helping other people and, and fending for other people, and then there's another wolf inside you that you know is filled with negativity and selfishness, and it's like I'm gonna act for myself only. And, yeah. and the question is, which wolf is going to win? And the answer is, when you feed them. Yeah, there you go. Right? And that, you feed them with good. your actions, right? Like, it's like, you feed them subconsciously. And some people think that there's just one. Like, I feel like there's so many times where people, and this is something that I, I, I don't know if I've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's something I've spoken about with other people before. <laughs> it's like, I, I, get, I get, so many times I get conversations with people where they're talking about, Oh, sorry. Sorry. That's just how I am. Oh, sorry. That's just the way that I am. You know, like they think that there's just one wolf. They think that it's just like one devil sitting on their shoulder or one angel sitting on their shoulder. They're like, Oh yeah. yeah. When I get in that situation, that's just how I react. And it's like, no, that's just how you normally react, but you don't have to react like that. Every time you can make a cognitive decision to not act like that. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. you don't have to do that. I like that, man. That's that's powerful. You're not that's bound, cool. dude. Cody, thank how you. long has it been? I know, man. I feel like we're both thinking that right now, dude. Oh, do you know what I gotta do? I gotta go get my puppy. So get your puppy out, out, man. Let me go grab her. Dog. I can barely get out of this. Jeez. Thank you guys so much for watching this, listening to this while he goes and gets his dog. I'm just going to say thank you so much for joining us. And look at that little angel. If you're listening to the podcast right now and you're not watching the video, you're going to have to check my Instagram for this picture because I'm going to screenshot this right here. But wow, that is a cute dog, man. What's the dog's name? <laughs> Her name's Millie. She just woke up from a nap. Millie just had a nap time. Wow.
she's a super loving dog. So. What's Millie's favorite activity so far? I saw her carrying a little stick today and dropping it by a little a post. Uh, honestly, her favorite hobby is eating grass and, um, yeah, chasing sticks and chasing leaves. She loves chasing leaves, chasing sticks, and wow. just basically what puppies do. And now she's trying to get up again. Come on back up. That's the coolest guest we've ever had here. <laughs> this, is the, this is the best <laughs> guest we've ever had today. Hey, Millie, that's the new name of the podcast. Who, who am I? I'm an idiot. This is the real deal. <laughs> She's uh, the real star. Unreal, man. How old is she? She's 13 weeks now. Wow, man. Yeah. What's the coolest you thing you learned, like, about, like, yourself or about puppies? Like, what's the coolest, like, what's the biggest lesson or the biggest wake-up call you've had? Uh, it's just nice, like, having something else to care for, you know? Like, something other than yourself and, like, some days she'll wake me up in the morning and I'm like really tired, but I'm like, okay, like this isn't for me. This is for her. She needs to get outside. She wants to go for a walk. Like she's high energy. So it's just nice to like live for something that depends on you in a sense, you know, like I'm sure that's why a lot, a lot of people have kids and girlfriends and things like, Oh my God, she's being so good right now. I'm so happy for the camera. She <laughs> knows she's got an audience, man. Yeah. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> that is awesome. So, but um yeah it's just nice caring for something else you know and like putting your heart into something and watching it grow and i don't know man it's, she's such a loving dog so i'm like it's perfect i'm just as cuddly as she is so in the morning she'll like jump up on the bed and try and cuddle i'm like oh yeah you, you picked the right person i don't know if you can see it right now but she's like trying to look up at you it's so cute man <laughs> she hears my voice and then it's like okay what is he, what do you want she'll just try and make eye contact like okay let me see this guy Big yawn there. Big nap time, eh? It's going to yeah. be walk time soon. Yeah, I'm going to take her out. Actually, she's been inside for an hour and a half, so I'm like, I got to take her to pee. She, her bladder is so small, man. I'm telling you, like, every two hours she's peeing. Dude, my, my, you're making me feel like a puppy right now. Now I have to pee again. We just <laughs> Me too. Both of us got to pee, so. All right, Cody, thank you so much, man. We'll close it out on that note, Thanks. but you know how I usually roll, dude? You're going to have to do the outro. I do the intro, so you got to do some work as well. But you got to do the outro, man. Thank people for being here. Tell people where they can find you one more time. And you got to share a message with people. You got to share some positivity, some motivation, or something inspiring, like some sort of a message. But uh, I'm throwing you the mic before we take off. All right, everybody. So, Millie, say goodbye. Say bye, Millie. Oh, that's, her, that's, her way of saying, that's her way of saying goodbye. Uh, thank you guys again for paying attention to Mark's podcast. His podcasts are awesome. He always has a good message. Um, again, if you want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is my first name, Cody, K-O-D-I-E. Last name, uh, Lachlan, L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N. Uh, my biggest takeaway is, again, everybody, like any situation you're in, don't ask yourself quickly, like, what is the quick little short-term satisfaction I'm going to get from this? Always think, well, who will I become if I do this? If it's a shitty situation and you're in a shitty situation, go through with it because you're going to find something out about yourself that you didn't know you had before. So that's my message. Beautiful, man. I couldn't have said it better, any better myself. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for people that are watching this and listening to this. You guys are the reason that we have these conversations. But that is it. Good morning, good night, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of the day you're listening to or watching this at. Go out and Happy have a Happy Saturday. Night.
yeah, happy Saturday. This will be up on a Thursday, so happy Thursday. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank okay. you so much. Go out, have a good day, have a good week, have a good month. Go get a puppy. Have a good year for the rest of 2020. Yeah. No. Thank you so much.